Do you see what I see? Do you see what I see? We've been advertising this service for a few weeks, a month, I don't know how long it's been. Do you see what I see? has been kicking around in my head for a couple of months and do you see what I see? I've had the Hunters and Collectors song, I'm not going to lie. As soon as I saw it, I just started, do you see what I see? And I just started, and then it came on the radio the other day and I'm like, yes! You might be able to tell what radio station I listen to just by the fact that that song came on. But do you see what I see? Is something to think about this morning and uh, not always can we see what we need to see, right? You guys can grab your seats. Thank you, team. Thank you, Lachlan. Don't you love just cruising down the highway, changing lanes? That guy did well, didn't he? Here you go in slow-mo. Do you see what I see? Didn't see what that guy saw, did he? So easy to miss something and cause havoc in life. Had the guy's radio playing in the background off the dash cam, so that's why there's no sounds, because we didn't need to listen to whatever that was listening to, but do you see what I see? There's a few little sayings and things that we can that spring to mind about blind spots, about you can't see the forest for the trees. It's like, do you, do you actually see what I see? No, you don't, because you're not looking at it the way that I'm looking at it. You can't see what I can see, and I can't see what you can see, and that's kind of the point of the message this morning is that, but together... Together, we can help each other see what we need to see. Now, in cars, you've got blind spot mirrors and indicators and things that beep at you and things that flash on the screen and things that almost cause you to have an accident because you freak out because there's so many different things going off around you that you swerve anyway, but you miss the blind spot. You just hit the person on the other side because you were scared of hitting the thing you were about to hit. But, but a blind spot, when you learn to drive, is something that is just driven home and you hop into a car that isn't yours and guess what? There's a different blind spot. Same driver, going the same way, doing the same thing but because it's a different car, the column's a little bit bigger in the middle, maybe the window's a little bit smaller, the seat's in a different position and suddenly there's a different, a new blind spot. Isn't that the truth as we walk through life? We go through life as a single person and there's different blind spots and then you start spending time with someone. You get married, you have kids, you start a job, you go to university. There's all different things that we do in life that have different blind spots, that have different trees in the forest, but can we see the forest for the trees? Can we see what we're meant to see? And I'm so encouraged as we read through the Easter story, as we read, as we've been reading through the Old Testament, as Tegan and Edward um, alluded to before, reading through 
the one story that leads to Jesus' Bible reading plan as a church this year and reading through some of the stories that we've read through in the Old Testament, I'm so encouraged by people failing. I don't know about you, but that just, I wake up and I read the Bible and I get so encouraged by people's just blind spots. So encouraged because I go, I'm not the only one. I get so encouraged because I go, God's still used to them. There's hope for me. I get so encouraged because there's people that lived so close to Jesus, literally walked the earth with him day in, day out while he was alive, but they still had blind spots. I go, how good's this? How good is Resurrection Sunday, reading the stories? And so we've got a few here that I just want to touch on this morning and look at to encourage you that you're not alone. We've all got blind spots. But also to encourage you that, you know what, we can do this together. And so John 20, verse 11, Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. Jesus is in the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and, one at, and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. Right there, moment of encouragement. I'm not the only one that misses it when Jesus is standing right in front of me. This is Mary, someone who's been so close to Jesus, can't see the man himself while he's standing right there in front of her. Not only did he stand right there, but he asked her, a woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, Mary said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Right at that moment, the car hit the front right. She saw it, no longer in a blind spot and had her moment of had her moment of praise the Lord, had her moment of impact. In John 21, verse 4, early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? He already knew they didn't have any fish. You can tell by the, the way he asked the question. No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat. And you will find some. Was the right side the port side or the starboard side? Or was it? Hey, it was just the right side. Don't know what side it was because there's no right or left on a boat, but it was just the right side. Did you get that? The wrong, not the wrong side. It was the right side. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him, it is the Lord. As soon as he say, heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him for he had taken it off and he jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish for they were too, 
for they were not far from the shore, about 100 yards. When they landed, they saw a fire burning, coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you have caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many fish, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared to ask him, who you are, uh, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This was the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. Do you see what I see? Can you see the forest for the trees? Do you have a blind spot? Not only once, not only twice, but for the third time, the disciples didn't recognise Jesus. They'd already seen him. They knew what he looked like post. They still didn't recognise him. And then in Luke 24, 13, now the same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognising him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, are you, uh, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? So again, walking along. It's not even at a distance now. It's right close, right up close and personal. Still, they did not recognise that it was Jesus. I love the fact that this year we're preaching the same series across, same Bible verses, same themes across our locations. And that just means that as a church, one church, We've got one heartbeat, we've got one vision, we're all going in the same direction. And, and so Pastor Bruce is preaching a, a very similar message to this down at Parkside this morning, and I'm not sure what Nick and Stacey are doing, being their launch service. They might be slightly straying from where we're going, but they'll still be preaching Jesus, I'm pretty sure of that. Yeah. But I love that out of these few little snapshots of people not seeing Jesus, not seeing what they should have and could have been seeing. There's some things that, that show up, some points that, that we can relate to, that I can relate to, that help me, some roadblocks, some blind spots. And so the first one in that first story is our expectations. Our expectations stop us from seeing Jesus, stop us from seeing who Jesus is, stop us from seeing what Jesus wants us to see. And so in that John 20, Mary is not expecting to see Jesus alive, she's expecting to see Jesus dead. And even encountering him and seeing the man who she's seen so many times before, she still doesn't recognise him. 
At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? Even when he spoke, she was so fixed. Her expectation was so high on, I'm going to see the body of Jesus. I'm going to see what I'm going to see. She was so set in that, expecting that, that when it wasn't what she thought, she couldn't see the forest for the trees. Her expectations were so high that it stopped her, it blinded her from seeing Jesus. What is it that you're expecting maybe today? What is it that you're expecting in your life? What is it that you're expecting in your relationships? What is it that you're expecting in your job that's stopping you from seeing what you're meant to see? Because we've all got expectations, right? We've all go in with preconceived ideas. We rock up to work and it's like, my day is going to look like this and this and this and I'm going to get these three things ticked off or if we're at home and it's, we've got a day off and we go, right, I've got these jobs to do. Talking with Dowd before the service about being home and just having the list of to-dos around the house and how they just never seem to, you can cross as many off as you can, but the list always grows and we expect that the list is going to grow and so we just give up and go, oh, what's the point of even doing? But we expect. Yeah. What do we expect? And so the expectation of I'm never going to cross everything off the list, that expectation stops us from starting sometimes. That expectation stops us from enjoying our house. You know the old, you don't actually truly appreciate your house until you've sold it? It's like our house that we built and now we're not there because we sold it, but, but we had so many things that we wanted to do around that house. Suddenly we started talking about selling it and getting something bigger as our family was expanding and Suddenly we went, well, there was an expectation put on us from no longer ourselves but from the real estate agent that well, you're going to have to do this and this and this and this and this to maximise what you get for that house. All things that we wanted to do but we just put off and put off and put off and put off because it was, well, yeah, well, it's okay how it is. Suddenly you go to sell it and it's like, oh, this house is really nice. You declutter it and you go, we've actually got room here. Why, why are we moving? We've actually got a lot of space here. And then you move into a house that is a lot bigger, but then you pull out all the stuff that you've put away in boxes and sent off to Emily's house into her spare room and go on, here you go, Emily, fill your house with our junk. And the boys, though, a whole heap of their toys and everything's gone into somewhere else. And, and suddenly, you go, we could actually stay. This has actually got enough room. And, What do you expect? Because it stops you from seeing the potential. It stops you from seeing what you're meant to see. I'm pretty glad we moved on from that house, just by the way, just to undo my story about the expectations. But we now look at our current house and go, yep, it's not really big enough. And 
the boys are getting bigger and it's not going to be long and our short little ceilings are going to have finger marks on them because the boys are jumping up and hitting the door frames now and so it won't be long and they'll be jumping up. We've only got eight foot ceilings and so they'll be jumping up and trying to hit them. It won't be too far. I've now got to be careful when I throw Blake up because his head goes in. So we did get some new skylights that go right up. And so I said to Blake the other day, because he was being a little bit naughty, and uh, it doesn't really do room time very well. He's slowly getting there, but certainly time out in a room doesn't really work. And so I said to him, I'm going to put a fake floor, a fake ceiling on the bottom of that skylight, and I'm going to put you up in there and shut the door so that you can have room time in there, and that'll be your time out spot. And he's gone, then I can look at the planes. I'm like... My expectation of he's going to hate this and it's like solitary confinement, he's gone. My expectation, his expectation, I didn't see what he could see, but he could see something I couldn't see. Yeah? Sometimes you've got to learn from your three-year-old and go, well, that's bad. It was a bad idea anyway. And it wasn't actually a serious idea, just in case some of you were going, really, you do that to your kids? It was a serious... No, it wasn't a serious thought. It was. You're right, but... Every parent here is going, yeah, I get you. Everyone that isn't a parent is going, oh. And so what are you expecting? What have you been expecting? What have I been expecting in my life that has stopped me from seeing Jesus? That stopped me from seeing his provision, his purpose, his friendship, his abundance, his faithfulness. What are you expecting? Because they can be good, but they can stop us. In the second story, fishing. If you've been fishing, this word doesn't really go with fishing for me because fishing is something that is extremely relaxing, extremely peaceful, and just chilling, never boring. I don't think I've ever been on a day's fishing. You could catch no fish, but it is never boring just to be out in the middle of the ocean, not have any distractions, just chilled. But this one is our striving. See, when you are fishing, you can try and try and try, and the disciples were trying and trying and trying to catch fish, doing everything they could in their own way. But it took Jesus to come and say, no, throw it out the right side. Throw it out the correct side. Not the left or the right. Throw it out the correct side. And there it was. It is such a fascinating thing when you're fishing. Is that you can literally fish in deep water. You can drop down that side of the boat. And someone else can drop down that side of the boat. Underneath you've got the tide movement. Underneath, you've got the waves. Underneath, you've got the sand shifting. Whatever's going on underneath the boat, moving your sinkers, moving your lines around, sometimes you come up and they're tangled, right? But when someone out this side of the boat is catching fish, you can almost guarantee that the person out that side of the boat is not. And then that person switches over to this side and they start catching fish and then they go, well, this is just silly. I'll go back to create more room, but they don't catch. It's just fascinating. And so this story, I completely get this. And you might be going, 
you're really making no sense. But as someone who loves fishing and has done quite a bit of fishing, it actually, it makes so much sense. But it doesn't. But the fact of the story is that their striving stopped them from seeing and stopped them from catching what they were meant to catch. You know, let's bring it into a 2022 analogy. We can try so hard at times to catch COVID. Right? There's families that try and isolate and someone still gets it. There's families that once they're in lockdown together, they go, right, that's it. We're sharing cups. We're sharing everything. We are going to get it and we're going to go bang, bang, bang so that then we can be out. And you do that in all of our striving to try and catch the thing and you don't. What's that about? It's just bizarre, right? It's not really anything to do with this. It's just bring it in. A, like Kelsey's currently got COVID. Oh, And so we did that. We didn't quite share cups and everything, but we certainly didn't try and isolate. And so the five of us had it. Got it. One, two, three, five or six of us had COVID. Three days. Thought, this is perfect. Kelsey, no. Kelsey, no. Kelsey, no. Kelsey, no. Didn't have it, didn't have it, didn't have it, didn't have it. Day seven, don't have to test her anymore. She doesn't have it. Perfect. Coming to church, coming to meet her new little cousin, went, oh, be devastated if she did. And then, and so we, one last test. Oh, no. Day nine, got it. It's like, what's that about? She's got kids all over her. She's got mum and dad all over her breathing COVID fumes into her, sloppy kisses from the boys all over her. No. Everything we did in our own striving couldn't give her COVID until day nine. It's like... But what are we, what are we striving to do? Forget the COVID side of things because that is a little bit of a just... a bit of an aside. But what, what is it that we're striving to do that's stopping us from seeing what we're meant to see? What is it that I'm striving to do, that I'm putting everything into, but really all I need to do is take a step back, listen to Jesus' voice, say, do this, and it'll work. See, what's more important in this story of the fishing of Jesus, is it the abundance, the 150-odd fish that they caught, or is it the reason for the abundance? See, we can have the blessing or we can have the reason for the blessing. There's plenty of people that earn money. There's plenty of people that have a good life or do we have the reason for the good life? Which one are we going to look to? Which one are we going to strive for? Are we striving in our own strength or are we striving after him who gives us the strength, thanking him, loving him, spending time with him? What are we striving for? And how is that stopping us from seeing what we're meant to see? And finally, in this last story, Luke 24, they were talking with each other as they were walking along the road to Emmaus about everything that had happened as they talked and discussed these things with each other. Jesus himself came up and walked alongside them, but they were kept from recognising him. I don't know if you picked that up just before or if you've ever picked that up reading this story previously. I don't think I've ever 
read that word, they were kept. Or that little phrase. They were kept from recognizing. It wasn't that they didn't recognize him. It was they were kept from recognizing him. What is it that we talk about? What is it that we're focusing on? The power of our words is an incredible thing. The power of our words has the ability to shape who we are, to shape our future. The power of our words has the ability to distract us from what we're meant to be focusing on, from what we're meant to be looking at. Our words can be a stronghold of blindness. What is it that our words are focusing on? What is it that that we're focused on? See, God's hand of restraint on them seeing him could teach them as he proceeded to do. It could be. Or another way of looking at it is that the details of what they were talking about were not impacted by Jesus being present. It could be like coming to church and the worship leader saying things like his presence is in the air and there being no evidence. Are they kept from seeing him or is it a case of their words and conversations have fortified their soul from recognising him. What is it that I'm talking about? What is it that I'm just continuing to let come out of my mouth and how is that shaping what and who I see and when and how I see it? Because my words are powerful. The same words that created the world, created the heavens and the earth, the same power that was on those words the same power that was on Jesus when he died, the same power that was on Jesus when he was resurrected, that same power lives in us because Jesus sent the helper to live in us, to give us the power that we need, everything we need pertaining to life and godliness. That same power is on and in us. And so when we speak, We create. When we speak, we speak into our future. And so what are the words that are coming out of your mouth? The good news is that all these examples, Jesus is eventually seen. Jesus does reveal himself. And Jesus reveals himself to us as well. It doesn't just allow us to just keep fumbling along through life. And so what is it, as the team comes and we come to a close this morning, what is it that you're expecting? Maybe over this last year, looking at things and going, or planning for what's to come, planning for life to change, planning for things to be different, planning for all sorts of different things. What is it that you're expecting? What is it that you're striving for? Trying and trying and trying and trying to do it in my own strength, but it's just not working. But if only I stop, listen to him, listen to his voice that says, 
hey mate, chuck it out the other side, see if you do better. It's kind of more fisherman language than probably a few other words thrown in there if you're really on a boat with a bunch of fishermen. But it's like you need to just chuck it out the other side. Stop striving. Maybe, maybe stop caring. Could be a word for someone this morning. Maybe you just need to tone back the care factor. Stop caring about everyone else and start just letting God speak to you. Because we can get so wound up in other people's issues, other people's problems, other people's deals. And I'm just going to help this person. I'm going to help that person. I'm going to do this for them. I'm going to do that. And meanwhile, our life's just continuing to... so focused on others that we forget about ourselves so maybe it's not about striving maybe it's about caring view this morning do you need to just step back from that it doesn't mean you don't care at all it doesn't mean you don't strive at all it doesn't mean you don't try at all but it just means what are you trying what are you caring what are you uh, striving for maybe you've talked yourself into a dark deep hole Maybe the words that come out of your mouth have just continued to build this narrative around your world that I'm hopeless. Nothing's ever going to work out for me. I'm going to be single forever. I'm never going to have a job that's fulfilling. I'm never going to have friends that actually care about me. I'm never going to get ahead in life. I'm never going to be like that person. And those words are just constantly coming out. And it's, I don't even need to try to speak these words anymore. These words, just they just come so freely. Do I need to stop and think about the words that I'm speaking? Because I can tell you that today, the resurrection power that raised Jesus from the dead is here, living inside of you and me, enabling, empowering us to have victory enabling and empowering each one of us to have a resurrection moment on Easter Sunday. I was about to say on Good Friday. On Easter Sunday. Where are you at? What do you need this morning? Can you stand to your feet with me? And right back to the start. Do you need the blind spot to be removed? I'd love you just to close your eyes. Isn't it funny? Do you see what I see? But close your eyes. Because what you need to see isn't in front of you, physically. What you need to see isn't to your left, isn't to your right. What you need to see is to look away to Him. The voice that we need to hear to shape how the words that come out of our mouth isn't something from some positive thinking book or some other podcast that we can listen to. No, it's the words of Jesus. It's the word of God. It needs to shape the words that come out of our mouths. And so, Father, I pray this morning, God, that as we have hopefully been encouraged maybe had something pointed out to us this morning about the way that we look at our life, the way that we see what we see. Father, I pray 
God, that that resurrecting power that brought Jesus from death to life will bring people's hearts this morning in this meeting, both here in the auditorium, everybody listening online. Father, it would bring their hearts from death to life. It would bring our vocab from death to life. It would bring our eyes from death to life. Father, let us see what we need to see in this meeting this morning. Father, bring life to our hearts, bring life to our souls, bring life to our minds in Jesus' mighty name this morning. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. I don't know where you're at with God. I don't know every single person in this meeting. I don't know who's watching online. And so I want to give you the opportunity today, Easter Sunday, 2022, to step into a life walking, living with Jesus. If you need to do that today, I'd love you to slip your hand up right now and just say, John, I want you to pray a prayer with me to invite Jesus into my heart. It's the first time I've done it. It's the 10th time I've done it. That doesn't matter. The fact is, today is a great day to do it. If you're here in this meeting and you need to get right with Jesus for the first time or the 10th time, would you be so brave? Slip your hand up so I can see your hand. I would love to pray with you after the service. Thank you, Jesus. If you're watching online and you need to do the same thing, there's a link on our website to a video from Pastor Phil that just explains this decision. There's then another link that just says, I prayed that prayer. You can click that, get in touch with us. We would love to empower you and equip you, encourage you on your journey with walking with Jesus. It is the most incredible thing to do. The most incredible thing. Church, we're going to sing a song to finish.